This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. MFS Investment Management. Our active 360 approach to fixed income goes beyond analyzing financials. We combine active security selection and risk management, striving to make the most of complex bond markets. MFS.com slash active 360. Welcome to College Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and this is the Player Ratings Show. Joining me today is Matt Smith. This episode, we'll be discussing the performances of the Fulham players against Cardiff City. However, to start the show, we'll be talking about the Fulham head coach, Slavisa Jokanovic. I'll be reading some quotes from his head coach reaction on Saturday, and we'll be discussing the Fulham head coach. But before we do anything else, I have to welcome back. It's been a long time for my co-host to be joining me. Mr. Matt Smith. Matt, how are you doing? Doing good, Russ. Yeah, it's been it's been a long, long time. Um glad to be back. Hate that it's under these circumstances, but uh <laughs> uh, you know, onward and upward as we all say. So but no, it's great to be with you. Okay, great. Let's just refresh everyone that is not familiar with Matt. Matt did the uh coach's corner with me for what, like two years? Yeah. And uh it was a great show. It was fantastic. Your schedule has been insane. So to get you to come on to do the player rating show is fantastic. And uh, just tell everyone a little bit about what's been going on with you lately. Well, uh, about 18 months ago, um, well, actually almost two years ago now, um, I left my head coaching position at Limestone College in South Carolina for to be the, the assistant coach at Baylor University um, in the Big 12, which is one of the, the, the main five conferences. Um, and so my wife and I moved down here and, uh, down to Waco and, uh, been loving it. Uh, last year had a really good year, went to the, went to the, uh, quarterfinals of the national tournament, uh, won a conference, won a conference championship. 
um, and uh, finished 11th in the country. Um, and this year, uh, it's been great. We're currently 13th in the country, uh, top That's of the great. Big 12. Um, things are going well. So no, it's been it's been a great change, and obviously, big change of, uh, of scenery in terms of weather. Um, <laughs> but uh, but now things are going great. We got ourselves a puppy, and every all is well. <laughs> That's great, my friend. I actually watched a match of yours last season. And, uh, hopefully I can uh, watch a few more this season. Uh, I believe it's on ESPN Plus if anyone's interested, correct? It is. It'll be on ESPN Plus. It's also on Facebook Live. Um, and as the as the season goes on, it'll actually be on Fox Sports because the oh, great. Big 12 uh, has the contract through, through Fox Sports. Oh, fantastic. Definitely check out Matt's team. It's uh, It's a great sport. Women's soccer is fantastic here. Definitely check out Baylor. Great team. All right, my friend, let's get into the show. Let's start with a head coach reaction from Saturday. We're going to dive into this horrific loss for Fulham, talking about the players and, and the ratings for them from Ryan O'Donovan from football.london. You'll share your own ratings. But I think it's important that we start off talking about Savica. There's obviously a lot of talk about him speculation with him so let's talk about his reaction after the match and we'll do this in two parts i'm going to give you the first one right now and then we'll stop get your comments on then we'll go to part two here's part one here are some quotes quote first of all we are frustrated after this kind of defeat like today we conceded an easy goal even when we defended numbers today we didn't find it we made mistakes and i didn't find solutions for this kind of the situation from another side we are always creating things. We weren't especially confident with the ball, but at the end we scored goals and we had the chances to score. But when we concede a minimum of two goals at the beginning of this Premier League, it's not easy for us to win the points. And then a little bit further on in the head coach reaction, he shares this about the lineup. Quote, we played today with four defenders, with four center backs, even five at the end. And we aren't defending in numbers. We are making mistakes. We are slicing. We are missing the ball. At the end, it is Cardiff who are using the weapons they have in this team and push us a little bit and be a little more solid in our box, finding the way to score the goal. From our side, we must keep going and working and find the solution for this problem, unquote. Okay, that is from Slavisa's head coach reaction. Like I mentioned, I have part two in just a bit. Thoughts on what I just shared to you, Matt? Well, it's, it's, uh, I think everybody's frustrated. Um, I think you can hear it just, uh, in the vibe from his comments that, that he's frustrated as well. I think, I think also, you know, and coaches struggle with this. I know I've struggled with this in my career that, that we struggle with confidence as well. Um, not not only in, in the team, um, but also in ourselves and, and the question of, uh, you know, can we, can we do it at this level? Um, you know, it, it, that question pops up a lot. And I think that that can really bleed over to the players. I know a lot of people say, Oh, you know, they're professionals and things like that. And obviously that's true, but when you can, you know, throughout the course of the week, you can really, you can really feel the vibe of the coach and that starts to leak into the team. And I think that, um, you know, I think it shows in that, you know, he can't find his best 11, you know, he's not confident in his best 11, obviously, we have struggled with some nicks and knocks and things yes. like that. And, um, you know, that's, that's to be, but that's to be expected. I mean, that's something that, that just comes with the territory. So, um, you know, I can't say that, that 
we didn't see this coming. Um, and here's the reason why. I think if you look back a couple of years ago when we played Tottenham in, in the League Cup um, and we pl- we tried to play our expansive game and things like that, and we got thrashed at the Cottage, I think, 3-0. I remember um, it. I think that that was kind of just a, a, a setting of what it might look like. Um, I think, uh, you know, listen a lot to talk sport and things like that. And, and I think something that one of the commentators said there really hit home with me is, we're just not good enough without the ball to play the way we're playing. This um, is true. And, I agree with that. You know, if, if, you know, when, you know, you go into a game like Cardiff, a game that on paper you're sitting there saying, okay, we can, we should get a result here. I mean, minimum draw possible win. Um, and, but we know what they bring. They bring athleticism, they bring physicality, they bring, uh, you know, direct play and things and set pieces and things like that. And, you know, I look at Josh Murphy, who was on the left side, and yep. who's extremely, extremely athletic. And we put Callum Chambers out there. I know it's not, and it's not like that. Him, him being on the left side was a surprise either. Um, so it's just a bit troubling. But um, you know, it. it I think Slav is lacking some confidence in himself and the team. I think the team, therefore, is lacking confidence in themselves. And you know, at the end of the day, when you're lacking confidence, just you know, we, we get, you just got to tighten things up and maybe not play as expansive. I think when you see us, uh, you know, the thing, the tr- one, one thing that you see is when we connect two or three passes, all of a sudden we get completely wide open. And at this level, it, it, it's just hard to, con- you know, we think that automatically when we connect three, we're going to connect 15. And that's just not the case right? Uh, with where we are right now. And so we get nicked and we're out of shape and people are getting caught out and things like that. So, um, you know, obviously the easy answer is, yeah, we got to solidify the back. Um, but I also think we've got to do better with the ball, knowing our deficiencies without it. I totally agree with all that. Let me go back to you because you said something interesting. When I looked at what happened on Saturday, man, and I looked at him mentioning in those comments, that quote about playing basically four center backs, it sounds like to me that he was – searching before the match for a solution. And he came up with this one. And uh, I disagree with playing Callum Chambers. You just talked about the problem there. That was a massive problem. He tried to fix it during the first half by switching Adore to play that position and put Chambers at center back. And uh, eventually he had to take Chambers off. But here's what I want to ask you as a coach, because again, we, we did the coach's corner. Sounds like to me, he was looking for the solution. He thought by being more defensive against Cardiff City, that would help out the problem. But I think he kind of went away from his style here. He was trying to do what probably some wanted him to do. Many wanted him to probably, is to be more defensive, to be more solid in the back. But I think he hurt his team by not giving them any wide game with really any true fullbacks. I think that hurt him going the other way. Absolutely. I think there's a there's a, there's a a fine line there between – Going more defensive minded, um, but also giving yourselves options width wise, um, and not only that, but just sim- but just simple athleticism out there. Um, right, I think that they're all lacking it. Yeah, yeah, and and you know to be able to get up and down, and maybe to to be able to pin Josh Murphy back a little bit. Um, That's and make right. Him have to defend some, and he just wasn't threatened. I mean, it, you look at not that. At you, you look at his play, and it, we made him look like we made him look like Raheem Sterling or, or 
you know, or Leroy Sané or somebody like that. Yeah. I mean, we because we just weren't pinning him back because Chambers just wasn't able. Um, you could say maybe you could say willing, um, or I, I just don't think he was able to get to to get up and down that side. And I think that you know, obviously, and I've seen it uh, from a couple people. You know, I think I think this weekend really showed that. You know, really asked the question: Should we have paid Ryan Fredericks? I mean, should we have? Um, you know, I, I still am confident with the decision that we made not to. Um, but if you look at that game, you go, if we have Ryan Fredericks, he's up and back. He's not troubled for pace against Josh Murphy. Um, and he's definitely not getting caught up position as, as badly as Chambers did. Sure. And my counter to that, and I, I've heard the argument about Ryan Fredericks, I think eventually when he's back to fitness, Timothy Fosamensa will make a huge difference. I think he's your starting right back, Matt. And I'm not a fan of Cyrus Christie, but if you ask me, I would have gone with Christie. I, I understand why he was trying to look for a different solution. I get all that. Chambers was not the right solution for that. But I think if Mensa was available, Timothy Fos and Mensa, I, th- I think this would have been a different story against someone like Josh Murphy, who was so dangerous. And I, I did the view of the opposition. I was warned about him. He was their best player at the time, and he cut us to shreds. And he did not feel threatened, like you just mentioned, because Calum Chambers wasn't really going forward. There was no pace to go forward to threaten him to keep him back. And I think that just bit Fulham really badly. So if you look at trying to solidify it defensively, I understand it, but I think you hurt yourself overall because there was no threat going forward wide. Agreed. And and I think that, you know, with just defensively, just by simple – you know, schoolboy tactics, um, you know, being ball side of your defender, being goal side of your defender was also a, a, a kind of a knock as well, um, you know, especially on uh, especially on some of the goals. So, but, it, it, you know, it, our, and really our best defense has got to become our attack. Correct. Um, because, I agree with because of how Because of how deficient we are um, right now, um, we have got to do better and be a little more simple with the ball. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we've got to win games. And right. and right now, Slav is looking for a way to do that. Um, and and he just got it all wrong. And I think he actually fessed up to it. I mean, he said that yep. he didn't solve the problem. Um, and, you know, there's – yeah, you put some on the players, but you got to put a lot on yourself in terms of the, the scouting of the team that you're playing and, the um, you know, and the preparation. So it, it's just very – the decisions are very interesting. You, what I see is him reaching for answers. And, and that I totally agree with that, you know, and, that, and, and the team sees that and the team says, well, if he doesn't know the answers, how are we supposed to know the answers? Yeah, it actually trickles down. It's a very good point. And that's why this situation right now is uh, not good, because if you don't have confidence playing a sport, it's going to hurt you. And if you don't feel the confidence coming from the head coach, it has the ability to come down to the player. So uh, very interesting that you bring that up, and that's going to lead me to talk about some other comments from Savisa. I think it goes along with what we're talking about here, Matt. This is also from the head coach reaction. Quote, I'm brave, and my work is working, fighting, and to find solution. Like last season, if you want to bet against us, it can be a little bit early for you. It's similar to last season when we were near the bottom of the championship. We found a way to improve ourselves and to play like a team, fighting all together, to be more solid and more competitive and play better football. At the end, we showed today some positive things, but these negative things actually right now kill us 
and we aren't solid enough and we aren't strong enough in our box and we are conceding so easily. In this way, it's complicated to win the game and we must stop this kind of situation, unquote. And those are the quotes from Savisa Jokanovic from the head coach reaction. This kind of, like I mentioned, goes with, with what we're talking about here, Matt. He's trying to find a solution and he hasn't found it, but I find it interesting that he's actually firing back a little bit, not to bet against him. I kind of like that from him. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think it, it shows that he's he's willing to stand up and be counted. Um, and, and hopefully that's the message he's getting across to his players. I think the, you know, maybe the, maybe the troubling part of that, of that comment is, is, you know, he says he wants to be brave. And yes. you know, there's, a, there's definitely a difference between being brave and being naive and dumb. Um, and, and just naive to the situation. Um, you know, I think that this was a game we needed a result from. I think when you play a team that you come up, uh, from the championship with, um, you need to, to show superiority. I think everybody coming into this season rated us over Cardiff. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, and, and, you know, we got, we got put in our place a little bit, um, you know, and, and fair play to Cardiff for that. Um, you know, but you know, if he's willing to stand up and 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 you know face face everything head on, and and not only that, but not just take things, but but come back himself, I think that maybe it may show the team and and everybody else that he's he's willing to fight for this, and he's looking for people to uh, to join him on the line. I totally agree with that, and uh, I have a thought for you to, again to go along with our conversation about Savisa, and uh, I was thinking about this this morning with another team I follow, different sport, but I think it can resonate when we talk about Fulham Football Club with any sport, coach, and player. I've noticed this, that on many occasions, uh, players will mirror the personality and image of their coach. You know, they'll play and act the style of who the manager is in charge. And you just heard it, what I read from what Savisa had to say. He's brave. He has this gung-ho mentality. And I think that he has instilled that in his players. But like you mentioned, when you have this attitude, there should be this middle ground a little bit, not to be naive. And I think he needs to instill confidence, like he is saying, being brave. But there's got to be that counterbalance to it, Matt. Would you agree with me on that? And also me talking about players mirroring the image of their head coach. Well, no, they they absolutely do. Um, and but I will say they only mirror the, the, the attitude of the coach if that coach is consistent with his attitude. Okay. Um, I think if, if the coach kind of wavers one way or the other and, is, and isn't really steadfast in his principles and convictions, um, I, I think the players don't really know how to act. They don't really know which, you know, what, which, which manager they're going to get from game to game, from session to session. Um, you know, so I think that, what he's got to do is is really find his principles and what he's going to do, be confident in them and stick with them. And uh, and and that's the way to really get the confidence of your team is to is to build consistency in yourself as a coach. Um, and that that's the only way that you're going to see that reflection. And you know, but I, I you know I it's a uh, it's a tough thing right now, and we are. It is it is a conflict. It is a, a you know a, a crisis, but it's a crisis of confidence, as Jimmy Carter once said. Um, yep. You know, it's um, it it it's something that 
nobody can really get unless they they get it for themselves. Um, you know, confidence isn't something that that you can go buy in the on the high street or anything like that. So, um, you know, I think that that he's got to instill that in his players, and I think, and obviously, he knows that he's he's been doing it at the highest level for for you know years now. So, um, and I, I have full confidence that he will. You know, I've, I've, I. You know, with the with everything kind of going on and, and the outside, um, I think that they've got to really, you know, ignore all that, put their head in the sand and, yep. and, and really get to work. Totally agree with you on that, Matt. Let me ask you a question, because this is something we've talked to a good amount recently on Cottage Talk. Stuart Gray leaving Fulham this summer, a defensive minded coach, I think has been a loss. How much as a coach yourself, having someone that is a defensive-minded coach can help you because I think Fulham need another coach. They actually just brought in a new goalkeeping coach that they just announced. But what are your thoughts about bringing in a defensive-minded coach to help out Slavisa to find the balance? Oh, you, you've got to have that. You got to have that. Um, you know, you can't have um, coaches that that either a work with the defenders that that aren't defensive-minded um, or or b ignore the defensive side more, more often than not. Um, I think that's really crucial to a team's success. And I think that goes for every level, not just the defense. Right. Um, I think that goes for every level um, on the field. So, um, you know, obviously I, I completely agree. I think that's a huge loss. Um, obviously not sure uh, the circumstances surrounding all that, but um, you know, I, I think, I think it's showing itself um, of how, you know of how of how tight and stingy we were last year. Um, I think also the the goalkeeping coach just now being announced is. I'm sure he's probably been there longer than before he was announced. But sure. Um, but that's a, a, a troubling thing because it is. I mean, it's it's a highly sophisticated thing defending at this level. Is you're dealing with world class players every single game, um, and and I don't care if you're playing Cardiff. I don't care if you're playing Man City. Um, every game has its complexities. And and it's 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 the highest level, in my opinion, in the world, um, you know, from week to week when we're talking week to week. So, um, you know, I think that they've got to They've got to get that figured out. They've got to get some kind of. Uh, solidarity um, back there and, and build some partnerships, because that's a lot of what defending is, is, is partnerships, sure. is pressure and cover. And, and are you know, what are we doing away from the ball? a lot of times defensively is, is just as important, if not more important than what's going on on the ball. Right. I totally agree. And to be fair, Scott Parker was brought in to be a coach. I'm not sure what his role is right now, obviously, to help out Savisa. But when I look back and think about last season and when Stuart Gray has been with the team, again, I'm not in training. You're not in training. We don't know exactly what he was doing with the players. I've heard from fans that have told me that they've seen him on match day working with the players with on defensive drills. And I believe that, but I don't know what he's doing actually in training, what he did in training. But I just think, you know, again, in, in a sport where, like you said, we're playing this comprehensive going forward style. I think that you need to find the balance defensively, like you said, off the ball and they need to have someone to work with them. And I'm, you know, and I'm not sure who that person is. I mean, it, it might be Scott Parker. I don't know, but Whatever's going on, it just isn't working right now. And they have to find a solution. It sounds like Savisa's trying to find it here, grasping to try to find it. And he did it last season, Matt. And that was also something I wanted to bring up to you. Because obviously, 
in foam situation, you're going to start to see the stories. I just saw speculation last night that from uh, the Daily Mirror that Savisa Jokanovic basically has two matches to paraphrase and basically prove himself. I, I don't know how much I believe that. In fact, uh, I'm doubting it a great deal because I don't think the cons would pull the trigger to replace him, and I don't think that they should. But what is your view on Savisa? Because it has taken him the last two seasons a while to get his team up and running. It ha- actually happened with Watford as well. So what are your thoughts about him? Because I think you got to give a guy a chance to find the solution to the problem and also have some of his players back that have been injured to see what it looks like with a fully fit Fulham team. Because right now I think it's hard to really judge when you have two fullbacks out, Joe Bryan and Timothy Fosamenta, and I'll say even more importantly, Matt, Tom Kearney being out, because I think that's a big loss that people aren't really focusing enough on because I think he helps Seri a great deal to play with him and help unlock him to be the player that we know he can be because we've seen glimpses of it at the beginning of the season. So thoughts on Savisa? Uh, you know, with that with that story, I'm, I'm not sure. I think if you look at the cons track record, um, it, it definitely gives you – a little bit of skepticism about that story um, just because their track record is not one of, of, of firing coaches on a whim and, and, you know, and, and hitting the panic button too early and things like that. I think if you look at not only at Fulham, but also with their, with their NFL team, um, I think you could probably point to those two and say um, that they're actually, that at least Shahid Khan is, is one of the more patient um, owners. Right. Um, and, you know, so I, I, but I will say with the two games coming up, I think if, if we lose both of them, especially if we have a, another heavy defeat, um, then there's a possibility there because these are two matches coming up that, you know, especially at the beginning of the season, you're looking at going, okay. Six points. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and so, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that we necessarily have to win both games. Yep. Um, but we, you know, if, if we can, you know, I, you know, I wouldn't say he's necessarily coaching for his job, um, but I will say if 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 there's another heavy defeat in there, I, I, you're probably going to start seeing some changes coming. Um, but I, you know, I agree. I think that I, I think that you've got to see a team fully fit. I think Tom Kearney, the Tom Kearney miss is, is from, in my opinion, the biggest one because okay. he allows, like you said, he allows Siri to be a little bit more free. Yeah, I think you have. Stefan, you know, Johansson and you have K-Mac in the middle with Siri. He's got to do so much more just from a, just from an action standpoint, not, o- not only defensively and in the attack, but just in general of, of you know, of, of having to do everything in possession and things like that, because as we'll get to, I don't really rate K-Mac at this level. So I think he's having yeah. to do even more. And he's the one that's going to be the, he's the one that's, being counted on as the link up player, which I don't really think is necessarily his strongest suit. I think Kearney doing that allows him to run off the ball, overlap the forwards, get underneath Mitrovic, uh, combine with players out wide, um, you know, show up at the top of the box, you know, things like that. Whereas yes, whereas this weekend he couldn't do that because there were so many other things he had to take care of. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That's why what I've been thinking about this more and more and thinking about losing Kearney last season. They overcame that, but they were a better team, obviously, when he returned. And uh, I think that it's a big loss. And I think it becomes, like I've been talking about some other things, this domino effect. 
where it affects other things. Obviously, the defensive issues are its own crazy situation right now. But if you're trying to see how the engine's working, to, for the engine to be fully working, you need Kearney back in there. I, I believe that because I, I think that will help the players around him. Everyone else, then I think the motor starts going better at that point. And, and uh, that's why I wanted to mention because, like you said, it's having the ball and it's also off the ball. But having the ball, I think you need Tom Kearney to really be uh, running efficiently, which I don't think they are right now. And uh, and I thought the Cardiff game showed that because, like you mentioned with Seri, he wasn't at his best, and I think uh, he needs someone to help him out to be the player that he can be. All right, my friend, good stuff. Enjoyed our talk about Savisa. One last thing. If you were Shai Khan, would you stick with Savisa right now? I, I think I would. Um, you know, you, you're missing arguably your best player. Um you know, your, your, your back line is, is decimated um, and hasn't had a chance to settle in. I think even Tim Ream hasn't had a, had a chance to settle in. Um, you know, you're dealing with coaching staff changes. You're dealing with everything like that. Um, and I think that, you know, you've got to, you got to stick by your man a little bit. Um, you know, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's crazy to, to, to see him sticking with him. And, and I think he will. Um, I think yep. he's a, he's an astute businessman and, um, I think what's great and, and, you know, in interviews he's given Shad Khan's given um, in the past is, you know, the the best thing for us as a club is that going down from the premiership doesn't make him poor. Like it's no, not it going to affect his wealth to get to the premier league didn't make him wealthy. And that's actually a great thing to hear um, because it's not, we're not going to get knee jerk reaction, knee jerk reactions because of financial reasons. Right. Um, because of fear of losing money or or not gaining money, so um, I think that's why you'll see him stick with him, and you know see once everybody gets healthy what happens, and then make a you know make a make a smart uh, business decision um, you know moving forward. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because while you were talking about that, I was thinking about promoted Fulham, which was on the uh, NBC Sports Network, and in it, Shaq Khan was talking about the playoff final and uh, you know, talking about how important this would be for Fulham because they never won at Wembley and the money wasn't going to change him. He was talking about that. There's a lot of money involved, but the money wasn't going to change him. And that goes to what you're talking about, Matt. He doesn't need the money. I mean, this is obviously he's a businessman. You know, you want to make money. You want to, you don't want to be losing money, but it's not the thing that I think drives him when it comes to Fulham football club. I think it's the passion for Fulham and I don't think he's going to make a knee-jerk reaction this time. And people pointed out to me that, well, he did that when he first became owner and replaced Yo. And then, of course, we had the crazy situation after Mullenstein for bringing in McGath. He did make all those changes. But I also will say that he's also learning the Premier League. He was learning how football worked. And I think over a course of time, you can learn from your mistakes. And I don't think he's going to make that mistake again. I, I don't think he would sack Savisi Okanovic. He might be under pressure if he does not win one of these two matches or, you know, I understand that, but I, you know, and I can understand if there was a reaction to that from Khan because the pressure would be mounting, but I would be shocked. I, I told him a reaction that he'd be angry, but I would be shocked even after all of that, if he would change the manager, because I think he believes in him. And uh, I think it would be a, a mistake, Matt. That's just my thought. I think it would be a huge mistake a lot of these players were brought in to play within his system. And and um, I'll mention this a little bit. I have a thought of, 
about Alexander Mitrovic when we rate him when it comes to Savisa, but I'll save that for that. But let's, let's get into the player ratings. And uh, as always, I use the player ratings from Ryan O'Donovan from Football Doll London. If you ha- didn't check out our show last week, he did player ratings for the season so far. Those were fun. So check out Ryan, and Ryan does great work following uh, Fulham Football Club. He's a great writer. I highly recommend reading everything that he writes. He's written some very good stuff lately. But, Matt, let's go through his ratings, and I want to get your thoughts on it and basically either agree or disagree and share your commentary on each player. Let's start with Marcus Bettinelli. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a three, and this is what he wrote. Pulled off a few good saves during the first half, struggled with the ball at his feet, but read the game well to mop off balls over the top. Do you agree or disagree with that rating from Ryan O'Donovan, and uh, what's your rating? I, I, I would give him a two. Um, I, I think that the, the, the concerning thing is, you know, Bettinelli has the reason he got put in over button is because of his distribution, his ability with his feet. Um, I mean, the ball in the first half that, yeah, the ball's spinning, but a player of that level shouldn't shank the ball like that. Um, you know, and then, you know, hitting some, some balls out, uh, you know, straight, you know, either out of bounds or straight down the middle to, to, to one of their players where there isn't even one of our players in the area um, was concerning. I think if really, if you go back to the Man City game um, and and really watch that first goal that Man City score against us, very, very concerning with his angle play yeah. um, and, and very concerning uh, with about his it's it's hard to say this, but it, it, if you watch that first goal against Man City, he actually pulls out of the challenge um, before the ball goes in. And then, you know, you look at some of the goals. Um, How know, about you, the third one, Matt? Oh man, it that, that's hard to watch. It, it's some it's a it's a goalkeeper that has no clue where he is. Um, you know, he he dives for that ball and is shocked that he's still inside the goal when he finishes his dive. Um, it, it's. Uh, that one was is was not it it was uh actually really concerning um because as the ball comes across he simply turns to the angle of the ball he doesn't move across the goal at all yeah. um and the ball just dribbles in i think if he's even a step maybe a step and a half further to his right he he gets that with no with no issue um because the ball's not hit with pace so you know not his best day i i i worry about um, you know, with, with the England call-ups that he's been getting, I worry about with a young goalkeeper, you always worry about complacency. You always work you always worry about where his head is. Um, you know, it, can you get his head out of the clouds and things like that? Not to say he didn't deserve call-ups or anything like that. Um, but you, you've got to, you've got to do, you got to do the business and, and he did not do the business for us, uh, this weekend. Okay. Let me. Go back to you about Marcus because Giannis on the post-match show just threw this out there. This is just his thoughts. Going back to what happened between him and Button two seasons in a row when he switched Button and brought in Bettinelli. Could you see a scenario where he changes goalkeepers? I'm talking about Slavisa. Yeah, I I do. And um, I think similar to, uh, you know, similar in, in other sports where you see an important position um you know, get changed just because uh, uh, somebody's down on their confidence, um, you know, just, just for a change, maybe just to give, even if it's just to give him a chance to clear his head, um, 
you know, and, you know, to bring in somebody and give them an opportunity. I think that you're probably more, more likely than not um, going to see, uh, you know, somebody else, maybe, you know, maybe he gives them another shot against, uh, you know, this coming weekend, but um, you know, I think that it wouldn't be a bad idea, even if it's just to give him a week off to say, Hey, go clear your head, go get right and come back and you'll be our number one. Um, you know, I think that, that sometimes players need that during all this because he didn't have the international break off, right? We, we have to remember that, that he didn't have a chance to really clear his head there because he went straight into senior team training. And so maybe he needs that. Um, you know, so th- I think that's something that Slavisa will definitely be looking at. Okay, very good. All right. Now I'm going to give you Maxime Lemarchand. Ryan gives him a two. This is what he said. Struggled somewhat at left back during the first period as the defense looked all at sea. Settled better at left back during the second half, but it wasn't a great game from the Frenchman. Your thoughts on Maxime Lemarchand, who played left back? I I actually I think the two is a little bit harsh. Um, I, I think we know what we're going to get, and more importantly, what we're not going to get from him at at fullback. Um, you know, we're not going to get somebody who's bombing up and down the wings. Um, you know, he put in some pretty good tackles. He actually covered for Reem a couple of times, um, really well, and covered actually for Kevin McDonald a couple of times really well. Um, and so, you know, I, I'd give him probably a three or a four. I, I think that. Okay. For me, a lot of these ratings are relevant, uh, or, or sorry, are relative um, yep. in terms of what we're expecting. Um, you know, we knew we weren't going to get Sessignon up and down, up and down the the, <laughs> the left wing at you know at left back with with with, uh, with Max. So, you know, I'd probably give him probably a four um, in terms of uh, in terms of what I expected to get out of him and what we got. Okay, all right. Let's now go to right back. You changed uh, midway through the first half. To uh, center back, and that's Calum Chambers. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a one. This is what he wrote. Was caught out of position for the Cardiff equalizer and struggled early on at right back. Had an awful game, but was subbed off at halftime through injury. Okay, Matt, it's funny because uh, one I think is about right. That was uh, one of the poorest performances I can remember in a while from a defender with Fulham. I thought he was horrible. That's just my opinion. Your thoughts on Chambers here? I guess you have to give him a one just because he was on the field. Um, I guess you can't give him a zero since he was on the field. Um, but really just, just again, schoolboy errors. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at the, the first goal um, and the second goal, and it, it's it's as simple as being ball side of the man, not letting them inside of you, being goal side of the man, um, and he was neither. And, you know, you can say, yes, he was played out of position. Completely understand. But that's just defending one-on-one. That's, that's under 10, under 12 defensive rules. Um, that, is, that actually isn't high-level defending. Um, and, and he wasn't able to do that. And, you know, you, I actually am pretty skeptical about the whole subbed off through injury thing. I think it was yeah. maybe a perform, what we call a performance-induced injury. Um, and you know, he was just, uh, completely out of his depth. I think that he, you know, it's tough for him because right now, you know, he's on loan. He was, you know, he was signed, I, you know, listen to the commentary during the game and he was signed to a new contract at Arsenal. That's he right. Was, he was highly involved in their preseason stuff with, with Emery's, uh, new stuff at Arsenal. And then he gets put out on loan. 
so surely that has to affect him because he's going through the preseason. Yeah, I'm, I'm involved. I'm in the team. I just got a new contract. Oh, you don't want me. You don't even want me on the bench. I'm, I'm being shipped off to another club. Um, so, yeah, that, that can be definitely unsettling. And I think loan players are kind of the danger with, with loan players is are they, are they going outside of themselves? Are they really pressing too hard to perform to either show their parent club that they belong or are they are their head in the clouds and maybe thinking that they should be somewhere else? Um, you know, that they shouldn't even be here. They should be, he should be with, you know, him thinking he should be with Arsenal. Um, so that's the danger with, with lone players. Now we've had a lot of success with those. So yeah. there's the other side as well. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that this performance shows that it's probably uh, the, the former um, in terms of, of lone players trying to press and, and, and trying to perform and, and just not being up to it. Okay. So would you give him a one as well? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Simply because he was on the field. I'll give okay. Him one. That's funny. All right. I'm going to give you, Two players together. Let's talk about Tim Ream and Dennis Adoy. I'm going to give you both ratings and commentary from Ryan O'Donovan. First, Tim Ream is what Ryan shared. Made a mistake that allowed Reed into scorecard a second. Composed himself and made some decent stops and challenges through the game. Fluffed his clearance to allow Cardiff to score the third. Definitely did there. And Dennis Adoy, he gives a four. This is what he wrote. Did okay at center half, but was moved out to right back, swapping with Chambers as Jokanovic looked for some solidity at the back. Did well out on the right, wanting to get on the ball to move Fulham forward. All right, what are your thoughts about Tim Ream at two and Dennis Adoy at four? Uh, Tim Ream, is that that's pretty accurate. Um, it's an unfortunate mistake, the slip. Um, yep. But even even with that, we still had opportunities to deal with that and didn't close down space, didn't mark runners. Um, you know, so, you know, it, it, obviously that, that all led to, um, as it, you know, the domino effect of happening for the goal. So I think that's probably pretty accurate as the, the two for Reem. I think he's just getting back into it. I think he's got to, it's tough coming off injury in the middle of a season, not only that, but in the middle of a season, in the premier league, when the last time you played was in the championship playoff fire, or, you know, as you kind of work your way back. Um, you know, so that is, that is a difficult time and there is some, some adjustment time there needed, but, uh, with a doy, I'd probably give him a five. Um, I actually thought he was, he was probably our best center back of the two. Yeah. And then he was our best right back when he moved to right back. So you got to give him a little bit of credit there. I think now I will say on the goal, um, on the, the goal that, uh, that after Reem slipped, um, you know, obviously it was his player on the back post, um, who snuck in, um, which is disappointing. Um, but I think Adoy for me is is just absolutely working his socks off to make something happen. Um, he gives you everything. Let's just say that. Absolutely, and and I've got a lot of time for Adoy. I think that you know he came in uh, as a as a fullback, came in and and then ended up being one of the better center backs that you know uh, in the league last year. And so, you know, I think that although he has his definite limitations in terms of. Uh, you know, connecting passes and things like that from the center back. Um, you know, I think that, that he, he's probably the, the one that tr- you can really see him being frustrated and, o- and almost doing, maybe even doing too much um, to try to cover up for everybody else uh, and the ineptitudes that we have uh, defensively. Okay. Very good there, my friend. All right. I'm going to give you these two players together, Kevin McDonald and Stefan Johansson. 
Here are the ratings in the commentary from Ryan O'Donovan. First, Kevin McDonald. Two, struggled with the Cardiff press in the first half and made a few mistakes in the middle of the park. Continued that in the second in what was not a vintage K-Mac performance. Johansson Ryan gives a three. Harried and hassled in a physical game that suited the Norwegian. Saw lots of the ball in the second half and looked the man to make something happen as he looked for opening in the Cardiff midfield. These are two players that I have fond memories and thoughts of from the championship. I'm concerned that at this point, and it pains me to say, especially about McDonald, not a Premier League player, both playing in a Premier League match. Your thoughts on both of these players? Well, uh, I'll, I'll end with K-Mac, but I'll start with Steph Joe. I think that um, you know what he does well should have suited him very well to this game. Um, you know, making tackles, uh, winning the ball back, pressuring high, leading the line, um, at, even at times pressuring goalkeepers and pressuring center backs and things like that. Um, I think that he was a little bit out of sorts. Um, you know, again, you can you can argue that a little bit out of sorts because Kearney isn't there. Um, right. And, you know, so I think that he had a little bit more put on his plate. And I'm not I'm just not sure he's quite ready for that at this level um, with 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 McDonald. I'll preface what I'm about to say with. I've got a lot of time for the guy with what he's done and what he did to get us here. Um, but there are times that you have to shake the hand of a guy and say, Hey, thank you for getting us here. We'll take it from here. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't, again, this is another thing that I don't think we can be really surprised about. Um, he wasn't an overly athletic player in the championship. He wasn't dominant athletically in the championship what makes anybody think that there's going to be any difference moving forward? Um, you know, I think that he is completely outclassed uh, pace wise and athletically and um, you know, why he's got a great soccer brain and he is a, a great leader. I think that it's, it's just not translating to any kind of performance. Um, and, and at some point you got to bring home the bacon um, and, and it's just not coming. And while I've got a lot of time for the guy and I appreciate what he's done for the club, I think that you could see, maybe even should see him move into the role where Scott Parker was at the end of his career, where right. he is he is the leader in the locker room. He is, you know, he's on the bench in case we need him, in case we need, you know, to to go with, you know, an extra center back or an extra holding center midfielder or whatever as the game, you know, if we need to be more defensive and close a game out, maybe, um, and we're dealing with you know direct play, but more of his role is probably going to be more off the field. Um, as I agree with all that. Similar to Scott Parker. Okay, that's actually a good comparison. What ratings would you give both of them? Uh, I, I I think that's pretty accurate for me. I think three for Steph Joe and two for McDonald. Um, you know, I think is probably as best as you can as you can say. So I I, I would agree with those. Okay, let's now go to Jean Michael Seri. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a three. Had a very quiet first half. Not looking his usual composed self on the ball. Didn't do much better in the second half and was hooked with over, over half an hour left to play for Ayite. I still find this substitution strange, Matt. I'm curious your thoughts on bringing on Ayite for Seri. But what are your thoughts about him? Do you agree with the rating? I would agree with the rating. I think it's um, it's fair because of, of what he had to do. Um, you know, he's, you know, when, when uh, not to not to beat a dead horse, but to, when we have Kearney in there, he's the link player from the back. Kearney is, um, and and Siri can kind of meander forward. Um, whereas this weekend, 
Siri had to be the link player because McDonald wasn't able to do it. So he had to be the link player from the back, link play forward, and be in the attack. And that's just, it's a very, very difficult thing to do, um, you know, for for any length of time, um, and, and especially against the, the type of competition we're playing. So I think three is fair. Um, okay. I just think he was, he was, there was, there was so much put on his plate um, that he was doing things that maybe he's not comfortable with or even wanted to do. Okay. Let's now talk about Ryan Sessignon. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a four. Got his customary goal against Cardiff with a nice chip over Etheridge. Caused a few problems down the left, but was on the end of a few bruising tackles throughout the game. Your thoughts on Cessna? Uh I think four is fair because he he did score the goal, um, as he always does against Cardiff. Um, it, it was weird. you know. Even before the goal, um, I didn't even know he was on the field. I know. Um, I know. That's and, the sad part of it. And, you know, I, I – never heard his name called never you know he he wasn't getting the touches um and you know while he's not a player that needs the ball a lot um i think that we've got to get the ball to him because of what he can do running at players um and so you know while while you can say oh he didn't he wasn't able to get the ball maybe we weren't able to find him um it, it can be a combination of the two so but i i agree with the four um and you know it, it's just it, it's something that we do have to remember we do always have to remind ourselves kids he's 18 i mean my i mean my god but what i was doing at 18 i mean what we all were doing at 18 what he's doing at 18 um i think is amazing so he was definitely one of the bright spots especially after he scored you could see him kind of brimming with confidence after that he he kind of got pepped up after that but we've got to be able to use him more and use his talents more okay very good all right let's move on to andre sherlock ryan o'donovan gives him a three this is what he wrote. Opened the scoring with a stunning 30-yard strike. Dallied on the ball far too long that led to Cardiff's second. Wanted to make things happen, but couldn't produce that final ball. Your thoughts on Sherla? Uh What a strike. Um, yeah. What a great goal. Um, could definitely use more of those from him. Um, I think that's something that in the past years we've, you and I know you and I have talked about, about our inability to strike from distance and, and pull teams out. Um, and so, you know, what a strike from him. But I, I would agree with the three. I think after that, I think, uh, you know, maybe I'd, I'd maybe give him a four for the goal. I mean, for the goal alone, you got to give him, uh, you know, for me, you got to give him a four. Um, but, uh, you know, does struggle with the final ball, with the correct weight, with the correct angle. Um, you know, so really other than the goal was a bit anonymous at times, floated in and out of the game. Um, and when he did, maybe just didn't have that final touch of, uh, of class. Okay, very good. All right, let's go on to Alexander Mitrovic. He gives him a four. This is what he wrote. Struck a frustrated figure for most of the first half, but this through ball for Sessignon's goal was brilliant. Didn't see much of the ball in the second, but battled well with Cardiff's center halves. Mitrovic, uh, you know, I would agree with the four. Um, the troubling thing for me is, uh, as I'm looking at some of the, the, the in-depth stats, um, you know, is the fact that, you know, he only had 59 actions. Um, and, and that just means as he put himself about, it was, it was always going to be a tough game for him because of how physical, um, physically up to the challenge, the Cardiff center backs are. Um, it was always going to be actually a, a game that, that, you know, maybe we need to find other ways to solve the puzzle. 
Um, but uh, no, the, the ball the ball to, to Session for the second goal was was fantastic. And and he showed that he can actually affect games in other ways as compared to just being back to goal, just in the air, things like that. So I think four is fair. Um, and, and I actually think it, it may even be a bit low just because of everybody else pulling him down, if that makes sense. If the team performance kind of pulled him down to that four, if that makes sense. Yep. No, that makes sense. Let me ask you this, because this is what I was going to bring up when we talked about Mitrovic. Do you think um, Savisa being a factor in uh, his performance? So what I'm concerned about is, with all the talk about Savisa, I'm concerned about if, say, he was to leave, what would happen to Alexander Mitrovic, who I believe, coming to form a huge factor, was Savisa Yokanovic. So what are your thoughts on that? Because it brings me back, believe it or not, to Martin Yol and Dimitar Berbatov, because Berbatov came for Martin Yol. So for those who are thinking, well, maybe we should get rid of Yokanovic, I think it might affect our striker. Yeah, it very easily could. And I think that if if you do, you've got to be very, very aware of who you bring in um, and, and make sure that, that all that meshes um, because uh, it, it can definitely unsettle a player who, like you said, very openly uh, talked about his relationship with Jokanovic and, and, you know, why that, you know, why he came to Fulham uh, in the first place. Um you know, so that is that is something to kind of that will create some pause, maybe a little bit of hey, you know, it'd be easy to make this reaction, but how is this going to affect the, our most dangerous player? Not even I was going to say arguably, but not arguably our our best our most dangerous player. Um, and so, yeah, you've got to think about that. You've got to weigh those options as as you kind of move forward and make decisions. And then I think if you do, you've got to be very careful about who who's selected to come in after that, if that were to happen. Okay. Very good there, Matt. All right. Uh, quickly on the, on the substitutes, Ryan O'Donovan gives Alfie Moss in a three. This is what he wrote was brought on for the injured chambers at center half and looked fairly solid in the tackle, but was still suspect to a mistake like the rest of the back four. Floyd Aite, he also gives a three came on and played the number 10 role behind Mitrovic, but didn't really add much to the side. And finally, Luciano Vieto gives a five. Came on just under 10 to play, but didn't really have time to do much in the game. I don't know if you can judge too much about Vieto, but what are your thoughts about Moss and Aite? And if you want to comment on Vieto, please feel free to. Uh, Moss, I think, uh, you know, came in and, and did a serviceable job. I think that it was definitely an upgrade, um, which I think is why he got a three. And I, and I would probably, and I would agree with that rating. Um I think that, you know, he is prone to a mistake, especially with the ball at his feet, um, you know, from time to time. I eat say that that substitution was very interesting. Um, you know, I think that especially when you pull off Siri, uh, who is was by far our most creative player in the middle of the field. Um, you know, I, I maybe would have looked at maybe adding him to play with Siri um, yep. and, and see what that combination might look like. So. Um, you know, when you, when you pull in a player who, you know, either plays, you know, as the number nine or, you know, isn't really known as, as being underneath us, underneath the striker, um, you know, in a game that you're chasing where you're going to be a little bit more direct, maybe towards, especially towards the end of the game, trying to force the play, um, a game where you are playing against a very physical back line and very physical midfield, um, 
you know, maybe if you had Siri and Aite in there to to counterbalance that and make them have to worry about more than one player in terms of going forward. Yep. Um, so, but so to bring him on for for Siri was very interesting. Um, sure, and, and I think obviously hindsight being twenty twenty, it's it's probably maybe what you would have done um, instead of that. But I, so I think I think three is fine. I think that. Okay. You know, and Vieto again. It, you know, he was on for for less than ten minutes. So sure. I think you know, but I actually like Vieto. I'd like to see more. So of him. I. I think he brings a lot of athleticism and a lot of flair, and 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 can really do things. And he could play the number ten role as well, and he has before. Absolutely. Um, so you know, I think it's something that hopefully we see more of. Okay, fantastic, Matt. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been my pleasure having you back on. Thank you. Oh, it's been great, Russ. Look forward to doing it again if I can. And. As postseason play comes up for for me, it's going to be crazy. But uh, you know, really good to talk to you, and uh, yeah, everything's going well. So yeah, onward and upward with Fulham. Hopefully, it gets better. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For my co-host Matt Smith, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Meet Allison, teammate at Truist Bank. Hi. She was born to care, and she always had your back. You could say that. Like that time back in the mid-80s when she spotted Stacy Kaminsky with her new perm, and a car was coming, about to hit a puddle. So Allison jumps in front of the splash, just in time to protect Stacy's fresh curls. Look, I had to do it. A wet perm just doesn't work. Today, Allison's a teammate at Truist, the bank that starts with care. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Learn more at truist.com care. Truist Bank, member FDIC. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.